Hello, my friend. You're listening to Tide Pod episode number 14. And today I'm talking about a topic that, quite honestly, I'm very baffled as to how I have not covered this on Tide Pod yet. Today I am breaking down the details behind what exactly is IO psychology? Now, if you've been around long enough, you know that I myself am an industrial organizational psychologist, aka an IO psychologist. But there is a lot of misconception around what IO psychology even is. So very simply, I'm going to define it, break it down for you, and also give you some insight as to how an IO psychologist can help support your business in a number of ways, my friend. Are you ready for this? Let's dive in. Hi there. Thanks for tuning in to Pod, a podcast crafted by Tiana Tai to help you purify your purpose in business, love, and life. Whether you're an entrepreneur, dog mom, or just getting started, you're bound to find value as Tiana dives into meaningful topics each episode. So settle in, turn up the volume, and welcome your host, Tiana Tai. I've got to take just a quick second to ask you for a serious bit of support. TIEPOD would not be possible without your reviews, your comments, and just all of the positive feedback that we've been receiving so far. So if you haven't already, please go on, hit subscribe to make sure you're not missing out on any of this good and free content, and also be sure to leave a review. You may think that I'm not looking at them, but I swear to you, my friend, I read every single review and it just makes my heart so happy. So if you haven't already done so, Hit pause, leave a review, and then let's get back to the goodness. So before we dive into defining exactly what industrial organizational psychology is, I just got this feeling on my heart that I should really explain to you guys what my journey in IO psychology looked like. Like, how did I even learn about IO psychology in the first place? Because let's be honest, it's not what we would call mainstream, right? So my journey actually takes me back to my senior year in my undergraduate program when I made the transition from wanting to major in clinical psychology in a graduate studies program to deciding that I was going to go into neuroscience. Yes, my friend, I literally went from one type of psychology to the other, and that still was not the right fit. So how did I actually end up transitioning not only from clinical to neuro, but from neuro to IO? Wow, that rhymed. That was kind of cool. So let me break it down for you. Essentially, I was in my senior year in undergrad and I was actively applying to neuropsychology programs. And for the people out out there who are wondering, like, Tiana, why did you even think you wanted to go into neuro? Uh, Let me just set the record straight. I love neuro. I am actually a brain nerd. I have so many neuro books on my bookshelf. It's kind of insane. Like, let's have a conversation about the hippocampus. okay? like you will make my day. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, when I actually looked at my professional prospects, had I gone down the path of neuropsychology, it just didn't light my soul up the way I wanted it to, to be honest. I didn't want to go into academia. I didn't really want to go into research. And quite honestly, I just couldn't find the path that really felt like me. So what happened? One day, 
although I was actively applying for neuro programs, uh, I got really, really blessed. I feel like it was God stepping in. And a couple of industrial organizational psychologists came to speak on my campus at Howard University. And I believe they were actually a part of some sort of diversity and inclusion initiative as well, uh, just trying to diversify the field of IO psychology in the first place. Uh, You know how it is. It's such a small field in the first place that getting diverse applicants to all the programs and stuff like that is a very active and ongoing initiative in a lot of IO programs. So anyways, a couple of IO psychologists came to speak to us at Howard University, and it was the first time I had even heard of the word, right? But one of my professors just mentioned it to us and really encouraged us to stop by and just listen to what they had to say. Now, when they came and spoke to us, y'all, I was, I remember I sat in the front row in this like little classroom and I remember one of the speakers had dreads and the other one was like this beautiful woman. Like I can remember this because this was the day that introduced me to the field that I would basically love forever, right? And what I thought was so interesting just about everything they were saying, I loved the fact that it was really the intersection of psychology and human behavior with the workplace. So to give you a little bit of context, during this time, during my senior year, I had also been working part-time at a holistic therapy center, and I absolutely, bar none, adored it. Like, these people were my family. They really took me in under their wing. I started there as an intern. Even though I went abroad for a bit, I came back, ended up uh, supporting them and managing most of what happened in the office. Office manager wasn't technically my title, but it was essentially my job. Uh, I managed their intern team. I did their employee manuals, like all of this really good stuff, right? And during my tenure there, that's when I realized I didn't want to go into clinical and I didn't want to provide therapy services, at least not yet in my short life, right? So it was just so interesting to me taking it back to that presentation at Howard, how they kept talking about this intersection of human behavior in the brain and then business and how we take what it is to be human into the workplace because we can't just become machines feeding the or cogs feeding the machine right just because we're at work we're still humans and we still bring those human processes and those human behaviors in with us to work and here I was sitting in this presentation and I was like holy goodness there are people who literally take the best of both worlds and they try to figure out not only how to make us more productive and efficient like that stuff is always good as well but also on the on the side of employees like advocating for employees how to really make work suck a lot less because the whole argument was if we are spending one third of our lives at work why should we be miserable and just so you know like they weren't just talking about going after jobs you're passionate about like io psychologists advocate for fair work processes for beautiful work environments that are really empowered and engaging and give you autonomy, whether you're working at a McDonald's, whether you're working at Google or Facebook or Coca-Cola, like you would be surprised in today's day and age, IO psychologists are really starting to show up everywhere and really starting to support businesses in making work suck a lot less for their people. So 
obviously I'm super lit up about this because whenever I learned that that's what IO psychologists did, I was like, oh, forget neuro, like sign me up. I'm trying to help people. I'm trying to be the researcher who takes research and applies it to different workplaces and advocates on behalf of the employees, as well as supporting the business side of things who obviously need that level of productivity and efficiency and all of those great things. So that is really what led me into IO psychology. It was as simple as learning what it was and going to a presentation where people could really break it down and explain it to me. And then they also explained just the different uh, job avenues and career paths that IO psychologists could take. And ironically, nobody brought up entrepreneurship during that time. And I have to point that out because I get recognized a lot for being an IO psychologist who is very embedded in the entrepreneur community. And that is not something that is super common yet, but I am all for it. And I'm always talking to young IO psychs and I'm like, yes, if you love entrepreneurship and this environment lights you up, like find a way to serve entrepreneurs. But that's a little aside. Anyways, obviously, I absolutely loved everything that I was hearing, and I did decide to stop the neuro train and go full force to IO psychology. So I ended up rescinding some applications for neuro and kind of having to scramble and get, um, I believe I had like two weeks or so to get in all of my IO program applications. And thank goodness I did get accepted into the graduate program at the University of Georgia, my national now Alma Matter, who has just the biggest place in my heart. And that's what kind of got this whole show started. This episode is brought to you by Interact. Remember those BuzzFeed quizzes like, what type of ice cream are you? Yeah, Interact is a tool for creating quizzes just like those. Except it also acts as a way for your business to generate leads and build that oh-so-important email list. I use it to host my quiz, What's Your Enneagram Leadership Type? With hundreds of ready-made templates and the option to create unlimited quizzes from scratch, you will literally have hundreds of opportunities to attract the right clients, especially new ones. Don't miss out on this beautiful opportunity to grow your business in a fun and unique way. You can sign up for Interact today by heading on over to the show notes and getting a link to create your first quiz for free right now. That's right. I said it is free 99 to create your first quiz. It doesn't get much better than that. Okay, so at this point, you have heard all about how I actually discovered IO psychology, which I didn't really discover it. It discovered me. Uh, but now I'm going to break down definition wise exactly what IO psychology is. But obviously, before I can do that, let me just go ahead and get it out of the way and tell you what the heck it isn't. OK, <laughs> so I still giggle when I realize someone makes the mistake of thinking that I'm, you know, walking into corporate offices and offering like group therapy. No, I'm sure that group therapy in corporate systems could be a thing, but that's not what IO psychologists do. So before we go any deeper, let me just tell you, IO psychologists do not do clinical diagnosis and we do not do therapy. No, no, no. That's not our thing. Again, there are there must be some sort of psychologist who does that in a professional setting, whether it's in corporate or in entrepreneurship. But it ain't me and it ain't my people. OK, <laughs> 
Now let me break down for you exactly what we do. So before I say anything too fun, I'm going to give you the actual like slightly stale academic definition just to really break it down. And feel free to like let your eyes glaze over because honestly, this definition is super like by the book. Um, But IO psychology, aka industrial organizational psychology is the scientific study of working and the application of that science to workplace issues facing individuals, teams, and organizations. The scientific method is applied to investigate issues of critical relevance to individuals, businesses, and societies. Okay, so that is the definition by my guys, the Society of Industrial Organizational Psychologists, aka PSYOP, who are fantastic, although this definition is kind of lame. I tried to warn you, right? (laughs) That was really just a mouthful of boring academic jargon. So let me give you my definition to really paint the picture. IO psychology combines all of the research-backed goodness of both psychology and business, and it applies it to the work environment to make work a better place for everyone. AKA, we do the research to make work suck less. That's it. That's what we do. We are literally so keyed in to focusing on human behavior in the workplace. Like you won't find anybody else who truly specializes in this in the way that IO psychologists do. So does that make sense? I hope I explained that well for you. Now, you may have noticed that we say IO, and that's because there are two sides to IO, aka the industrial side and the organizational side. So I like to kind of use a personality personality analogy to help you get at what the difference is between the I side and the O side. So you know, like an introvert versus an extrovert, right? So when asking somebody what side of IO you align with, that's kind of like asking somebody, are you an introvert or are you an extrovert? For some people, they're like, oh, bar none, I'm an introvert. You know, being in crowds takes all the energy out of me. I have to go inwards to get my energy, right? Or bar none, I'm an extrovert. I get so much energy. Like put me in a crowd with 10,000 people and I'm lit and I will be so hyped up. Even when I get home, I'm going to have so much energy from being around all of those people, right? That is a super clear response. But you may be kind of like me where I'm not really that black and white when it comes to extroversion and introversion. I've actually taken an assessment and I am on kind of the lowest scale of introversion where I do get my energy from being by myself, but I'm not so introverted that it really takes everything out of me to be in public settings with a lot of people. You know what I mean? Like I can kind of turn it on and off. So I am less extreme on the introversion scale. So I fall in the middle of the spectrum, right? So keeping in mind that this is a spectrum, it you could be extremely introverted or extroverted, so extremely on the industrial side or extremely on the organizational side, but just like a spectrum, you can also fall kind of in the middle. So I'm going to continue with this analogy and say you can think of the I side, a.k.a. the industrial part, kind of like introverts. And I'm not saying I'm not saying they're shy and I'm not saying uh, they get their energy from being alone. That's not what industrial means. 
but the industrial side focuses on matching individuals with the right jobs. So the industrial side likes to answer questions like, what are the requirements of a job and how can I select the right person to do it? You see why I kind of match it up with introverts? It's like if an introvert likes their solitude, the industrial side typically focuses on individual issues, right? Okay, I hope you're still with me. Now, the O side, we can think of them like the extroverts. And I say that because just like extroverts like big crowds of people, right? The O side, the organizational side, focuses on the big picture of how full businesses impact individuals. So questions like, how can we improve team creativity get answered on the organizational side? Just like with introversion and extroversion, again, sometimes IO psychologists fall more heavily on the I side and more heavily on the O side. But just like in real life, there's a lot of gray area and variation along the spectrum. So I'm going to break down for you really quickly a quick snippet of different topics that each side handles just to kind of paint the picture for you. So on the industrial side, which I like to uh, compare to the introverts, right? They are covering topics like recruitment. So again, matching the right person to the right job. Selection. How do you systematically select the right people that are a good fit for the role and the business? Uh, They talk about job analysis and competency modeling. They cover classification and compensation, performance appraisals, or even training and career development. That's all on the industrial side. Now, the organizational side, who I compare to the extroverts, they handle the more big picture topics like motivation, team performance, leadership development, uh, dealing with occupational stress, socialization, and organizational development. So whether those topics meant a lot to you or whether you're like, come on, Tiana, now I have to go look up those topics. (laughs) I do hope that they gave you just a little bit of clarity around what side kind of handles what. Now, if you're wanting to know about your girl truly, I will tell you I do fall more heavily on the organizational side of the spectrum. Now, If you've actually, if you're familiar with Tiana Tai and the things that the Tiana Tai brand handles, you'll be like, wait a second, Tiana, I know that you do hiring support and hiring systems, and that falls on the industrial side. But again, remember I mentioned, this is a spectrum. There is no rule here. You don't have to only dabble in one side or the other. It's all based on, just like anything else, what you love to do. So I have found that in entrepreneurship, helping entrepreneurs with the hiring, recruitment, and selection part of the work is so important because it sets a solid foundation for their business to be able to scale. But where my heart truly lies is in the motivation, the team performance, the leadership, uh, the organizational development. Like those are the things that light me up. But guess what? Those things don't really mean that much when there's not a team in place. So I do spend a lot of time helping entrepreneurs get their team in place. Okay, my friend, so we have covered just about all of the basics around what IO psychology really is and what my journey with it has looked like so far. Now, the bottom line is this. Given the information overload in the world right now, especially in entrepreneurship, I just want to let you guys know IO psychology helps to make sense of the noise because we're not just throwing random stuff at you guys. 
we actually take real research-backed theory and we apply it to the work environment. So, for example, if you hear someone like me, an IO psychologist, talking about hiring systems or talking about how to keep your team engaged and motivated, Yes, of course, we're talking from practical experience, but we actually have all of our methods grounded in research, grounded in research that was done, you know, with the scientific method that have actually established, you know, yes, diversity truly does impact creativity. If you have a more diverse team and a more diverse workforce, you will come up with more creative products and solutions for your clients. That is a fact, right? So these are the things that IO psychologists spend a lot of time researching and just digging into to make sure that businesses are really being built in this beautiful way and not just kind of the hodgepodge method, okay? I'm telling you guys, it has the ability to streamline your strategies and impact your business in such a huge way if you could figure out how to implement it in the work that you're doing. The truth is, that's what drew me to IO psychology in the first place. Okay, so I preach on this topic a whole bunch. And if you follow me on Instagram, you already know that. But if you're an IO psychologist listening to this episode, or even an aspiring IO psychologist, I just want to open the door and say, absolutely reach out to me. Like, if you can tell by the way I'm talking right now, this is something that I truly care about. And I love to feed into new and current IO psychologists. So seriously, I am here. And if you're an entrepreneur who is not about to go get a master's or a PhD in IO psychology, I just hope that you have heard something that really shows you, wow, there are people out there who can really help me feed into my business in a unique and impactful way that I have never heard of before. That is my hope for you guys. And I just want to say, IO psychology rocks. 